Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to another Wednesday on the Gangplank Report. You've heard Adrian and Jen talk about the most recent episode of this hit Bravo series. Now it's time to hear from you, the super fans. It's time for the bonus episode of the Gangplank Report. And here they are, Adrian Gang and Jennifer Bennington. Welcome back for another special edition of the Gangplank Report. I am here with my co-host Jen and our very special guest, David Yontef from Behind the Velvet Rope. I was lucky enough to do a podcast with you a couple of weeks ago, and we are thrilled to have you on our podcast now. Hi, David. How are you guys doing? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So excited. Yay. Thank you mm-hmm. for coming. This oh is, my God. I, I've so been much. dying to get you on and I'm so glad that it's this week that we're doing because holy shit, do we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> There's a lot going on, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much. And I kind of want to back up a little bit before we jump into what's going on on Below Deck Med right now. I wanted to start with getting your background with Below Deck a little bit, how you got into it, when you got into it, because I find that a lot of people really didn't start watching Below Deck until the pandemic hit, and then they had a lot of time on their hands and they just binged every season. Were you one of those, or have you been following it from the beginning, or somewhere in the middle? The easy answer is somewhere in the middle. So, I mean, look, my podcast now behind the velvet rope shameless plug is a five day a week interview show 80% bravo 20% other reality and just pop culture stuff so I was into reality tv right from the beginning with things like the hills the simple life like shows like that also like survivor and big brother and all of that so I love desperate housewives I love the oc with Misha Barton I mean if you didn't know I was gay, well, here you go. <laughs> and so like when the show came along, The Real Housewives of Orange County, and it was like part Desperate Housewives and part The OC, and it was reality, I was like, sign me up. So I was with Bravo from the beginning, though, with like Queer Eye, but it was really The Housewives that shaped my Bravo experience. I mean, I've interviewed most of them. So listen, I didn't watch all on Below Deck before my five-day-a-week interview podcast. I didn't watch all on Bravo, I mean. So it really was, I watched most, but I never watch below deck you know what it is I'm not I live in New York City I'm not a yachty I mean Mm -hmm. I'll just put it out there I'm not a beach person so I was like why would I watch this show and when you're watching so much on Bravo I mean I watched Tabitha Salon Takeover and Blowout with Jonathan Anton and the Rachel Zoe so I watched a lot of it I just was like why would I watch yachties it's not my thing It's just not my thing. I'm not a yachty. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't there from the beginning. I really wasn't. And then it was before the pandemic that I was like, this is the highest rated show on Bravo at times. And other times it's one of the highest rated shows. So why? Why does everyone like this show? And then I watched it and I wasn't really into it. Like, oh my God, at first. But the more I watched it, I was like, this is just so interesting because listen, the Housewives, although there's so many different franchises and everything, what are they really doing? 
and it all boils down to the same thing. It's like, oh, there's different people every week. And this is kind of like the love boat over here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> totally. right? So like once I, I, so I got into it before the pandemic and before my job, but not much, maybe by like a year or two, but my love and like, and just interest in Below Deck increased the more I watched it. And then when I started doing my job, and it really went to five days a week. Now I'm like, I need to watch it regardless of whether I like it, even though I do, because I, I mean, I interview people all the time I don't like and with shows I don't know. So now it's become a job to watch it, but I, I like it and I started in the middle. Well, and I think one of the things that's interesting about Below Deck, and I might've even said this on your podcast, is that it's somewhat relatable in that anybody that's ever been in the service industry can understand the concept of what we're trying to accomplish as a crew. And anybody who's ever had a, client or a customer in any capacity in any industry that's difficult, you can relate to us and what we're dealing with. You just don't have to sleep near those people most of the time like we do. So it's a little bit more of an intense customer experience that we have. But I think that's what's different about our show. I mean, I've stumbled upon a couple of the housewives episodes. I just can't get into it because I'm not a rich housewife. So it's not something I can necessarily relate to. I mean, maybe one day, but not now. So for me, I think what is appealing about the show on a broader scale and probably why it's become so popular is because it's relatable. You see us go through different trials and tribulations, not just with each other, but with the people that we're charged with taking care of as well. And I think that's what makes it on a larger scale more relatable than some of the other Bravo shows. Well, I'm not a rich housewife either, but I've been watching <laughs> since season one, episode one of the OC. So, And I'm like David, I've been watching back because I'm older than David, back since like the real world season one. So I'm a reality TV junkie. And this, it really is different, I think, in the Bravo universe than most of what they give us. And I do like what you said, David, the rotating cast, seeing new people, seeing new guests. Yeah. It keeps it fresh, I think. Fresher than what we've been experiencing with the housewives, because how many times can we watch them do a cryo freeze? You know what I mean? Totally. And like, <laughs> no, and I, rem first of all, I do remember the real world season one. I had Eric Mies on my show, but anyway. Cool. Yes. And I think that you can't, like, listen, the formula on Bravo too, like you look at like Asprey's Key and you look at like most recent Camp Getaway, which was like last summer, they have tried to replicate the below deck formula and it does not work. So mm -hmm. there is something about it. I mean, right. Camp Getaway was the exact same thing at a camp. There were camp counselors, just like we have our below deck staff. And there were different guests that came every week. It was literally the exact same concept and it failed miserably. Yeah. So you can't like underestimate that there is something about below deck that just, it works. It does. I, shout out to the production team that just got nominated for some Emmys. That's pretty exciting stuff. So, I mean, clearly they're doing something right. What do you think it is about the different seasons? First of all, what is your favorite so far of what we've seen? Because there's two more coming out. We've got Below Deck Norway or Adventure Series or whatever it's called and Below Deck Down Under that nobody's seen yet. And they just finished filming Down Under, I think. Of the three existing franchises, which one would you say you grab? gravitate more towards those are coming to bravo like below deck australia and all that the stuff mm -hmm. you just said I bravo or peacock launching... i'm not yeah sure. huh 
Interesting. And there's going to be different captains on those? Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Okay, well, I mean, I, like I think most people, although I think the second season was better, I would put Sailing Yacht at the bottom, even though I'm friends with Chef Natasha. Sorry, Natasha. And (laughs) I mean, that is a really good question. The other two, if I have to choose between Captain Sandy and Captain Lee, I would go for Captain Lee. I have issues with both. Trust me, I do. I would probably (laughs) go for Captain Lee. And so maybe below deck with Captain Lee instead of below deck med, but just by like a hair. It just depends on the season to me. I would agree with you. And I think you're right. That is a hard question to answer because I think it fluctuates by season for me. Which one captivates me the most? Like obviously last year's below deck med with Hannah still there was the most explosive season we've ever seen and the highest viewership they've ever gotten for any of the shows on any of the, in any of the franchises. And I kind of, I want to get your take on all that I feel like that season fell at a really bad time worldwide with the pandemic and everything else so I feel like everybody being trapped in their homes created much more of a loud fan base than we're used to with each one of these shows and in the live airings and all that kind of stuff but what did you think about last season's Below Deck Med? I really liked it and I think it's around that time a lot of the housewives were doing these COVID seasons which of course wasn't because of them. But you know, the Housewives had a lot of off season. So I remember watching Below Deck Med and saying, which I think is in part of everything else kind of being a little off. I thought it was one of the best seasons. I did. And what I know that everybody's up in arms over last season. But I thought (laughs) another thing I'm going to get into this more when we get into this season is I for whatever reason, it's just it wasn't really planned. You know, it's just timing. I interviewed people from Below Deck Med and Below Deck on my show at the beginning of the season. And now that I'm watching this season, I think that plays into it because by like the third episode, I will have already interviewed like an Alex Radcliffe and an Elizabeth. And so I'm like, I at least know these people. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think I truly think, I'm not sure I've separated the two. And I, the same thing happened with Below Deck the last season. There's so a I familiarity bias, I think, yeah. that comes into play. Because when you do get to know somebody on a more personal level, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, I think. Yeah. And when you don't know them, for most of the fan base, like I'm the super fan half of this show. For us, we don't know these people from Adam. And so we're going to just base it on what we see on the screen. So if they're a jerk, we're going to scream really loud, you're a jerk. Right. And I didn't really realize it and it wasn't like planned out it wasn't like let me do all these people at the beginning of the season it just kind of happened that way and I really think that had something to do with it going back would you do it differently would you have interviewed them later or do you think that it worked out the way that it did the best way no I mean I prefer and this is just with every show I just this week I had or last week I had Giselle Bryan from Potomac like the Real Housewives of Potomac mm-hmm. just came back I know Giselle because I've interviewed her many times but I'm like I really don't prefer right at the beginning of the season but I feel like with all these people I take like whenever you're free is when I do it and I just I feel like that it all works out I would prefer like middle to the end of the season that would be ideal and I was like I could have had Alex back on I could have had Elizabeth but it's just like I got so busy that there was no slots and then Izzy contacted me like right after she came out and I was like oh my god now I want you Mm -hmm. so in an ideal world like beginning and end of the season but more at the end I almost had nothing to say to like an Alex or an Elizabeth in the beginning because you don't even know them right right. other than the typical interview I do of like you know there's enough to ask but I didn't really have 
much to ask. I listened to your interview with Captain Sandy and it seemed to me, I looked at the dates and it seems like you interviewed her either right before the season started or right at the beginning of her season. And it almost sounded like a little bit of damage control. Like she knew what was coming at the end. So maybe she was trying to couch it a little bit with defending her position on what happened with Hannah, which is understandable from the get-go. And I didn't hear that the first time around until after the season aired. And then I listened to the interview again. So I just thought it was really interesting that with perspective, that my perception of the interview and the questions that she answered was different than at the beginning. So it's just interesting because they have the foresight that you don't to be able to answer your questions, but in their own way before we actually see the show airing. So it was kind of cool to go back and listen to that again. I think she did a great job with the interview. I just, now I see it with a different lens on, right? Right. I have to go back and listen to it now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think that's a good point though, because they can put PR spin on it, knowing future events that we don't know yet. But the great thing I think about David's podcast is you do stay very neutral. You don't give your opinions you let them speak. And I think you garner a familiarity with them that lends them to talk a little more. And I like that about it. It's a more personal interaction than most of the canned answer kind of things, I think. I mean, that's That's really my style. And I don't know if it was conscious. Well, not having an opinion was conscious, but yes, that is literally what everyone says. And it truly has not become my style of like, I just feel that it's the job as an interview, as a journalist, not to really look, I'm not shy. I will ask you the very controversial questions right to your face, Mm -hmm. but I won't. Yeah. I don't really, I mean, I have an opinion, but I won't share it. I feel like it's not my job to but that's so why you're not here. why you're here. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, no, but I mean, and also I will push you on something. Like I have plenty of people on that I don't believe in. Like I will go there. I won't let you off the hook. But then eventually, you know, like I had on Leanne Locken from Dallas. She was fired. Everyone said she was fired because she's racist. She made a comment about someone being Mexican, whatever. Let's not even get into that now. I mean, I could only ask, are you racist? Like, I'm not afraid of you. But eventually you have to give your answer and whether it adds up or not, we have to move on. But yeah, I won't share my opinion directly to the person because I feel like it's not my job. Right. And I do feel, and people tell me like how to get people to say all these things. I think by the time we get there, they are familiar with me and I just let them almost hang themselves. If that's or rectify things. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on which direction it goes. I feel like Jen had a really good question for you too, about who did you go into an inner, as it pertains to below deck, who did you go into an interview with that you had a preconceived notion that changed by the end of your interview, good or bad. As it relates to below deck. Let me, that's a good question. Let me think. Well, I mean, just off the top, of my head. I don't know if it's a change perception, but like for instance, I wasn't overly, I wasn't not excited, but I didn't think Izzy was going to be such a great interview and we just like bonded. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I didn't have anything against her. I wasn't like not looking forward to it and she didn't have any like major drama or anything I needed to get to the bottom of. I mean, other than the fact that she came out and I wanted to make that part of it at the end, but it was just one of these things that ended up being like, I do a lot of two-part interviews. Like if work, if you want to stay for an hour and a half and it's really working and there's so much, we'll talk for an hour and a half or two hours and I'll do two parts. That was Izzy. Like we just, it wasn't boring. She was so honest. That's the other thing. I won't call you on it, but there's so many people I really truly feel 
I can tell when someone has an angle. My show gets a lot of press. We are in the press with headlines and I feel it works both ways. Yes, that's great for my show. A lot of people I do feel use my show, which that's okay. I'm not mm. complaining. They, a lot of people know what they're doing. So I don't believe a lot of times when someone says something on my show and then like, there's a lot of times I'm like, okay, that was an authentic show. And plenty of those are like Adrian, you were just like, you had no angle. You weren't trying to get into the headlines by saying Kate Chastain is a bitch. Okay. Captain <laughs> Lee is an arrogant, whatever you were being authentic. I know the difference. So that was Izzy too, Izzy. And then you also will just say what you really mean. That was Izzy. Izzy just was like, here's the deal. And this is what I think. And I'm on a show and I'm not going to lie. And I never felt she was trying to angle for anything or just right. get it a quick headline. So Izzy surprised me in the sense that I was like, okay, it'll be a fine interview. I just didn't think I would love her. And like, we just bonded. Which is and, awesome. And I yeah. love her too. I think she's one of those people that has it seems to me at least, because I don't know her that well, like just not a lot of filter. And those are the people, at least you know where you stand. And I feel like on some level that has value where a lot of other attributes people have, I don't necessarily admire as much because you're right. A lot of people come at things, especially in an interview like yours with an angle. You're right. I didn't have one. I was excited to just be able to have a conversation. I thought your questions were thoughtful. I didn't feel offended by anything. It's the kind of interview where you're going to get more out of me because it doesn't feel like you're trying for some kind of an angle or a headline. Like it's just a natural conversation. And that's why it works. That's why you do a great job. But we are here to get your opinions and I want to hear all of them. Yes. And I always say that, like when I go on other shows, that's where I feel like I really, maybe because I'm a Gemini, I really can separate and be like, yes, it's the same world. So someone can hear what I say about them, but it's like, I'm not at work now. So right. I can give my opinion. That's just how I look at it. Well, let's start with giving your opinion on this season so far. We talked a little bit about last season's drama and there was a little bit of a movement on Twitter and other social media IG to boycott the season altogether. And we three obviously aren't part of that movement because I was excited about the new crew. I think Adrian, you were too. And it sounds very much so. It sounds to me, David, like you didn't have a problem with last season, period. So there was, you were never going to boycott it, right? I feel, I mean, that's the other thing. And I can honestly say this because of my job, not like I want to interview everyone, but I feel I never have these emotional reactions anymore to the TV. On uh -huh. Housewives too. Like people are like, are you team this person or that person? I'm just... I really wait to come on and then I will decide. I don't like everyone that comes on my show. Right. I'll still interview and have you back, but I really wait to like, because there is an interaction before, during, and after. People do text you afterwards or you just get a sense of like, I like this person. This, right. you know, So I don't care what I saw on the TV. One-on-one, -on -one, I'm getting a different thing from this person. I mean, I'll have people on that they're like, this one tweeted this and she's anti-gay. And I'm just like, I had a great experience with this person. Yes. It's one time or three times. So I'm not purporting to know, but I really judge people based on my real life experience with that. A lot of them I meet in person, but even if not just the interactions. So I never have these emotional depths. I don't think I'm capable of it anymore. So I <laughs> I'm just dead inside. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, cause I'm just like, I don't know. Like you meet so many people and talk to them. They're so different in real life. 
mm-hmm. they're still going to go and do what they do on TV. I'm not saying it's fake. I'm just saying you get a different vibe from them. So I never got to that team Hannah, team Malia. Mm-hmm. You guess you have your own thoughts, but I never went so dark. Like people really went I went there. dark. I will admit People it. did. <laughs> I went dark. Most people did. <laughs> I went nuclear. I didn't go dark. I went nuclear. That's what I did. Okay, here's a question for you. Real simple yes or no answer. If you were on a crew with Malia and you were rooming with her, would you leave your luggage unattended? Well, not after watching the show. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'd leave it with the concierge at the front desk. Yeah. Is the front desk going to (laughs) yet? But seriously, of the new crew, has anybody stood out to you so far this season? Well, and then that's what I was thinking like last night. And then this is when I'm like, huh, maybe because like I haven't interviewed anyone yet. That's part of it. And all these other, you know, that's the only thing I can think because no one is really stood out. And then at the same time, everyone kind of stands out a little bit. I think last night was the crossover for me. Do you know what I mean? Like now I feel like I'm like, okay. I know these people now. I mean, do I, are you like stand out in a way that I either love or hate them? It doesn't matter. Somebody who grabs your attention, who do you think is a driving force right now on the series from what you're watching? Well, I think Lexi certainly Mm -hmm. has made a name for herself. Yeah. But she is, I mean, that is the thing with Below Deck. I find it less than with Housewives and other shows. I do think because you're at work and it is real technical life and death situations, I feel that most people are relatively legitimate, although some people I've talked to in real life and realized that their goal is to get as famous as possible. And I realize that I do think Lexi has an angle. I think it's too much. Like I think Lexi's aware of the cameras. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I know she's exactly playing up. What I mean. mm-hmm. So, but she stands out, but I do think that she thinks this is like her moment to become an influencer. And So you know. that being said, do you think that that's working against her? Or do you think, I'm not on OnlyFans, so I can only imagine what her followership has turned into as a result of her exposure on the show. Do you think if that's the end game that it's working for her or not? Because I don't I didn't you know- even know she was on OnlyFans. <laughs> Oh, she mentioned it in like episode one or two. Oh, good grief. Yeah, exactly. I don't, again, I'm not on there, so I don't know a lot about the format of it, but I can only imagine that it would, at least her making people aware of it via the show would garner some kind of followership and then people subscribe to you and you send them titty pic. I don't really know what all the premise of it is. I think I understand, but do you think that that is helping her in what it seems like her end game is? Because it doesn't seem like she's really audiated an endgame of any kind except for to not have to work super hard for her money. I think it can't be hurting. I think that it can't be hurting. Mm -hmm. Like the people that would gravitate towards her naturally anyway are going to do it regardless of how she behaves on the show. Yeah, and I think people are just, there's an element of people will want to do whatever because you were on a TV show. Right, right. There's, so, a, there's the all press is good press kind of yeah scenario here too yeah i'm pretty sure that press isn't helping her in the yachting industry but it doesn't <laughs> sound like she's terribly interested in continuing on with it anyway and you know, i mean when izzy was on my show she said this actually made the headlines she said that there is this group and other people have said this i guess that there's these below deck foot fetishes that really 
<laughs> yeah, this, I mean, this is what I mean by like, you go for something and then like, you realize like a headline is you're like, I skipped over, I would have stayed on this longer if I realized this was actually going to be headlines. But right. apparently Izzy gets proposition and she's like, because I know Anastasia, I think she told me this too. And apparently so, no, I think there are people out there, whatever she's doing on OnlyFans, I think it's helping her probably immensely, actually. Yeah, crazy. I'm not That's saying she to wants me. to comply with all the requests, but I bet you she's getting requests. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And I I know there's a couple of other below deck previous below deck cast members that are on there too. I've just been told through the grapevine. It's really interesting to see what certain cast members have done with the notoriety of the show. Like Bugsy just came out with a decor book and yes. Hannah's launched the Bugs Off, the table decor stuff and the courses. And it's interesting to see what happens afterwards. And when I talk to cast members that are up for the show that are going to film the show prior to doing it I asked them like what's your end game what do you really want to do with this when you're done let's just say you do one season and you want to maximize that to the best of your ability first of all don't be a drunken monkey on television but two what is it that you're trying to accomplish at the end of this what do you want that money to go towards? What networking are you trying to work on to get yourself to where you want to be with this? I think some people go on there and they just want to do the show. Some people go on there with no end game and they just want to have the experience of doing the show. And it kind of seems like to me, the deck team that is on Below Deck Med right now is kind of in that boat. They just seem like a decent group of guys who are there to support each other. I don't think we've ever seen a deck team that's this well-rounded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and thoughtful and genuine. And they just all seem like really sweet, funny guys. And I'm actually thrilled for that because I feel like after several seasons of male toxicity that it's nice to see something like that happening. And it's obviously lends itself to the interior drama and the girls going back and forth with each other. But even that hasn't been hellacious until the last couple episodes. And I definitely want to get your opinion now of what happened with this latest crazy episode this whole hot tub drama and everything else it's hard for me to watch for a couple different reasons one is ptsd with sam and i feel like lexi is very much the same as her attitude towards authority at the very least but what did you think i mean part of me doesn't even know what happened do you know what i mean like it came out of nowhere to me yeah I get that. I had that same feeling because it seems like it started over the bill thing, which seemed very minor to but me. But I don't even understand like what, like maybe I blinked and I like, why was she, I don't understand. She didn't want to pay more. No, she, she okay. She's qualified this with an interview since, but how it was edited, she was upset that Lloyd and Z were talking to her when she was trying to get the information from Malia because she admits that she had been drinking a lot, but what like she- what in- information about how much she the, owed she only had euros apparently and the local currency there is kuna and so she was trying to get the information this is what she said isn't on the show she was trying to find out how much she owed in euro she yeah she's so trying euro. to do the, the conversion was and the problem couldn't. yeah so she was yeah. asking malia and they were okay. jumping in and she got mad so it was really petty and small i mean yeah adrian already figured out somebody on reddit had it was like 45 or 60 bucks this isn't life or death money to get all angsty uh, about that's what i didn't like it's almost like you blink an eye and you're like what 
right yeah yeah I mean obviously we know editing and all of these shows plays a big part of it and so there could have been a much longer much calmer conversation prior to her starting to get agitated wherein everybody else was drunkenly trying to jump in thinking they were assisting and offering help and it obviously wasn't helping that's one of the things that I look at when I watch these shows because I remember what my experience was and where there was a 30 minute long calm conversation that I was having with somebody on my crew and all they showed was the heated elements of it. Mm -hmm. And it, with the context of the previous 30 minutes of conversation, it wouldn't have seemed like a blowout when in fact it really wasn't that at the time, it just escalated to something that was interesting enough to watch on television. Right. So I watch it from a slightly different perspective than most people do because of my experience. At the same time, there's no way to excuse some of the things that we saw Lexi doing, even if it was a general reaction to other people being hostile towards her. Does that make sense? I can't excuse some of her behavior. Even even though Katie was yelling at her at one point in time to quiet down, Lloyd made a couple of comments to her. I don't think anybody's reactions to her that we witnessed validated or justified her escalation of that situation to the point where she was shoving people and putting her boobs in somebody's face. Yeah. So let me ask you, did her supervisor handle this correctly? How do you think Malia handled this? It only took David 27 minutes and 30 seconds to turn the interview back onto us. We'll end with his question. And if you'd like to hear the answer, tune in tomorrow for part two of our super fan interview with David Yontif. Thank you also to our friend Blind Lawrence for our new opening sweeper for the super fan episodes. You're amazing. You can follow him on Twitter and Facebook at, at Blind Lawrence. Take care, guys. Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below, original music and lyrics by Angel Twitter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Cast off, me hearties.